Welcome back. Thanks for joining me, Anne Collins, for another episode of the Leaders Who Love What They Do podcast. I'm Anne Collins, your host, and I'm delighted to share with you another inspiring conversation with a leader who loves what they do. For those who don't know me, I'm a qualified and accredited international executive and leadership coach, and I'm also the director of the Belfort School of English in France on the Swiss-German border, where I've lived with my family for 10 years. I help high achieving executives working in global companies or organizations to build a career they love, to lead effectively with purpose and to have an impact beyond their organization, creating new possibilities for others. Today, I'm absolutely delighted to have Jonathan Waddingham with me. Jonathan is the Managing Director of Bridge at Lightful, a technology company committed to making digital products that make the world a better place. So Bridge stands for Building Resilience in Digital Growth and Engagement. And this is Lightful's flagship program for impact organizations looking to future-proof their operations at a time of great change. Jonathan manages a team of designers, developers, and relationship managers who deliver the skills, tools, and supports that make up the digital capacity building program. So Jonathan has spent over 15 years working in tech for good, first for over a decade at Just Giving, where he managed their crowdfunding product from an idea to raising £100 million in five years. Later, he worked as an independent consultant, supporting a range of small and large tech for good startups and charities with strategy, growth, product management and business model validation. So Jonathan lives in the UK in Oxford, which is just outside London with his family, and he likes to read and play the piano in his spare time. So welcome, Jonathan. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Anne. Uh, Lovely to be here. Well, thank you. I'm just delighted to have you on the show, Jonathan, not only because you have achieved so much as a leader in a sphere that particularly resonates with me as someone who truly believes in supporting the non-profit and charity sector, but also because of the way that you and your company treat people. And Lightful this year has been voted one of the top 100 places to work by Escape the City. It's an absolutely amazing achievement and one that I can't wait to ask you more about later. So welcome, Jonathan and thank you again. You've had such an interesting career trajectory starting with studying philosophy and French at university and and then developing um, a very impressive career in tech. Can you tell us about that journey and what inspired you would you say? Um, Thank you Anne. Yeah it's a it's an interesting question to reflect on. I think um, I I was quite aware when I when I chose to to study philosophy, particularly that it wasn't uh, the most vocational of subjects and something that necessarily lead to a specific career. But I, I was interested in the topic and interested in, in how to kind of frame questions and, and come up with the answers or not to very thorny questions. And I think um, that particularly in philosophy of like understanding how to take a very difficult concept and, and come up with two opposing views and neither of them necessarily being right is a very useful skill to take through into the business world where you're constantly faced with decisions about what to prioritize or how to do something. And there's very rarely a, a straightforward answer or an easy solution to those things. So um, I found it a, an interesting way of training. Um, and then also doing French was important for something that was a bit more useful than that night. And, and I got to spend a year in France and, and that was a very um, transformative year for me personally to sort of grow up and be in a place completely on my own and having to learn 
um, learn how to do that and, and be very self-sufficient. But um, what I, I was interested in, in kind of ideas and a lot around meaning and um, ethics and kind of what does it mean to be good or, or duty bound. And I think that's where it led me much more into the, the charity and nonprofit space is that I, I really wanted to do some work that had meaning and that had purpose. Um, and that's where I, I, when I first came across Just Giving back in um, 2005, I think it was, um, that I was just really taken with this idea. And I, again, I had no background in technology at that stage um, and joined in a non-technical role, but through that journey kind of really started to learn and became really fascinated about how technology works and how it can be used, um, particularly for good purposes and good causes. Yeah, that's that's really interesting, and I and I just like to go back to to what you said there about how um, when you're studying philosophy, it gives you it gives you answers that perhaps are not the answers that you wanted. I'm wondering with when you're when you're working now on issues around technology, and you're really at the forefront of that and and developing in a very exciting exciting way. How does how does that help you to 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 really put together those questions in your mind? Um, I think it it helps by by giving you some structure at times around you know logical reasoning of, of how do you 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 cope with with very complicated questions because I think increasingly as we're approaching the the, the digital and technological world we people are understanding that technology is not neutral or it's not neither good and it's neither bad uh, and it's not neutral there's it, there's a there's a um, a complication of how you use technology and for what purposes. And I think we, we've gone through this wave of everyone's very excited about Facebook and social media and, and Twitter. And, and they were just this force for good of bringing us all together. And wasn't it great to have all of these contacts with your friends again? And then more recently, we've seen some of the kind of darker sides of that, of you know, manipulating elections, manipulating misinformation, uh, particularly now and a great problem around um, COVID and misinformation surrounding that. So I think the, the way that we think about technology and, and, and ethical design in technology has become a thing that, that, that didn't used to be a, a topic people talked about. And um, it's very interesting to see how that has bled and, and how we think about design ethics or the ethical ways of designing technology that serve a purpose, but treat you know, people as ends in themselves, never as a means to an, to an end. Mm, yes, and uh, and I think that uh, that uh, leads on very nicely to to my question to you about your work at Just Giving, which certainly looked at that relationship, didn't it? And um, because you had a vision of a completely new concept, looking at the way people engage with charities, and and the result was that amazing crowdfunding app that has, I think it's fair to say, completely revolutionised the way individuals can impact their favourite organisations or charities that they wish to support and I'd love to know what's your vision of that engagement between the public and charities for the future yeah I mean I think you know I can't <laughs> can't take credit for a lot of of the, the original just giving um kind of fundraising uh, success and uh, I mean when I joined we were like a, a company of 20 or people in a shabby office in old street before old street was uh, a kind of tech hub in in London and became known as silicon roundabout so it's very early days and and people were still not really talking about startups or things like that. And, and especially not in the, in the charity space, there was a lot of skepticism 
uh, around that. But the, the goal of the founders of Just Giving was very much around democratizing technology. So whether you are a larger organization like Cancer Research UK or BHF or, or a local charity, you had access to exactly the same technology to be able to uh, support your um, donors or fundraisers to raise money on your behalf uh, and do that kind of safely and securely uh, on a trusted platform. And the, the, I mean, the original vision was really about building a stronger connection between donors and the causes they support and allowing the causes to bring those supporters into their journey and demonstrate the impact of their donations, which is something that anyone who gives to charity really, you know, you're passionate about a cause and you want to see change as a result of your support for charity. So that is very much um, a driving force behind why Just Giving was started and then some of the you know, the pivots we made to look at crowdfunding where you were raising money for a good cause, even if it wasn't for a registered charity, but it was still something that was important to you, important to your community, and that's something you could change if you had a bit more money uh, and your community could rally around you. I think that that, that broader theme of um, building great connections between people who support charities and the organization, the charity, the people in the organizations and the people on the ground doing the work, and then the people who are benefiting from the work, that, that's a kind of constant theme, I think, in um, a lot of the work I do and, and, and have been involved in, is just bringing that connection closer together. So when you give to a charity, you know where that money is going, you know how it's impacted, and you become engaged in the story of that organization. It's so exciting, yeah, that idea of really becoming engaged in the story, as you say. And uh, yeah, I look, I really look forward to seeing where where all that goes. And staying on the theme of connection, um, I was I did a bit of research for this podcast, and I came across a number of people who mention your leadership in a very positive way, and they talk really a lot about the way that you create that connection. And and in fact, almost without exception, they also talked about the way that you motivate people and the way that you get involved. Involved and people genuinely love working with you. So what, what is your approach to leading others, would you say? Um, I, I think um, my approach, Emily, is, is, is around based on good communication and, and explaining what a goal is and, and how we're trying to achieve something and our steps towards a goal. Like, because I think that's something that I find motivating. Um, I said throughout my career, I've been um, prioritizing work with meaning and with with purpose you know as an independent consultant I, I called my company products with purpose for that um, you know to, to really illustrate that that's what I was interested in and I think that that is something in the teams that I have worked in and teams that I have led that motivates people is understanding what's our goal and how do we get to that goal? And are we getting closer to that goal? What do we need to do to get closer to that goal? Um, why are we missing that goal? How can we improve? But there's always some sort of goal, purpose, meaning in, 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 uh, that we're aiming to do that's, that's greater than just generating a financial return. I think one of the things that um, at LIFA we, we have done is in the last year, sign up to be a, a B Corp, which is a, a program where you have to demonstrate your um, your company's approach to a kind of triple bottom line is what they call it. So your financial return is important, but also your environmental impact and your societal impact. And it's making sure that you have a positive impact on the world above and beyond, um, you know, providing a return for your, your shareholders or investors, which is still important, but it's not necessarily the be all and end all for, 
you know, why this company or companies should, should exist. And uh, um, I think this, when you're talking about working with meaning and purpose, you, you've maybe already touched on what I, what I was going to ask you um, about your work now at, at Lightful, because just to, just to recap what I said in the, in the beginning was uh, that Lightful was voted this year, 2021, in the top 100 places to work in the UK by Escape the City. And when I looked into the metrics, what I noticed was that Lightful scored particularly highly on two metrics. The first one was people. Um, within, I think uh, if if I'm if I'm correct, um, the the metrics were produced uh, in a way in such a way that uh, employees rated uh, how they felt, um, and they rated their employer. And it, for Lightful, they rated their employer or you very very highly, and also that there were policies in place to support people. And secondly, about it was all about the mission, how people felt um, about the mission of the company. So this uh, this seems to me you seem to be a you know perfect match for lightful so um can you tell us why do you think lightful is so successful and what have you learned over the years about what people want from their work life you've already mentioned work with meaning and purpose um is there anything else around that that you'd like to tell us about and finally you know what do you want yeah i mean i think with without wanting to repeat myself i think it is that meaning it's purpose it's having some reason to come into the work work every day um or log on as it may be and uh, that that is that is the the primary thing i think that that we say when we when we speak to in, internally at, at lightfall that that is that motivating factor and i remember that was very much the similar at, at just giving as well as having that that meaning i mean i think we we're, we're definitely really proud of of how that has gone in the last year and in, in getting that um, recognition, particularly as we, we you know, haven't seen any of our colleagues since early March last year. And we, we've onboarded many new people to the organization and never met them in person. And that's obviously a very um, different context and difficult, but I know it was a very, um, very important thing early on from the, the founders, Vinay, Johnny and Carlos of, of Lightful to instill a kind of really strong culture. And it's something I recognized when I, when I first met them, that they had a very strong culture, even at a very early stage. And, um, and I know that that work has been really championed by our HR director, Isabella, to build this really, um, you know, strong culture based on meaning, on purpose and, and trying to, you know, bring clarity to the organization, set clear expectations. And, you know, a lot of these things we, we, we still uh, have, are working on, we haven't got them in, entirely right, but I think that's maybe part of our strength is acknowledging where, you know, that there are still lots of areas for us to improve and being open and transparent about that. And I think certainly in the last year, as, as we've become more remote, in a way it's forced us, but in a way we've also make a, made a conscious decision to be more open and transparent and communicate much more regularly with everyone in the company to understand you know, what are our priorities? What are we doing? You know, how, how's the, the, the financial position of the company? What are the areas we're hiring for? What's going well, what isn't going well? But being much more open about that and, and allowing everyone in the company to have that um, sense of ownership and, and, and participation in, how we approach um, the delivery of our of our various different services. When when you say that you you want people to have a sense of ownership, what what does that look like in practice? Um, I think there is that sort of um, comes from a, a lot of leadership style of setting agenda of like 
this is what we want uh, uh, to do. These are our priorities, but it's up to the the people leading teams or the subject matter specialists to define you know, how that's done a, a lot of the time. So, um, you know, working, let's say a particular example, we're working with developers of like, we want to build you know, a new website or, uh, and we want it to be um, faster, more responsive, more kind of um, easily maintainable, have a lower environmental impact because it doesn't load too much content, et cetera, et cetera. And it's, that's what we want to do, but it will be left to the, the developers will decide how they would do that, what technology decisions they would make, how they would approach building that technology. So I think that's perhaps one example of how that, 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 uh, uh, that manifests itself in the company. Okay, so it's um, giving people a lot of independence, would you say? I, I think, yeah, at times um, um, it, it's something we, we, we try to do. Um, and, uh, you know, I think there's, there's, there's something around setting clear direction and, um, you know, we, we, we definitely have, can, can improve on, on, on ways to do that and, and saying, you know, this is where we want um, you to get to and these are the steps we, you need to take um, to get there. So I'm, I'm really interested in, in what you said about the, um, the culture being very strong. And obviously, we've talked a lot about it being based on meaning and purpose. Um, and, and you've talked a lot about communicating that to, uh, to people working in the organization. I'm, I'm wondering how else, how else does that manifest itself, having, a, having that strong culture? Because I think a lot of companies, they're, they're quite good at communicating what their values are. Um, but it doesn't always, doesn't always translate into a strong culture. So how do you do that? Oh, that is a that is a tricky question. I wouldn't say there's necessarily one answer, but I think when you're, um, I think when when you are bound by a, a clear goal and everyone is set up with that, I think, and people have joined the company because of that meaning that we have and that purpose, then you have a lot of people who are aligned in terms of, um, you know, why they why they kind of want to come to work and what they want to get from work. So they, they have that very similar approach and motivation, but they may come from quite diverse backgrounds, but that um, having that kind of, that, that collective understanding kind of binds people together because you all know, you know, why you're in it. And so you will work that bit harder for your teammate to deliver that thing on time because you're all in it together and you know that there's a good reason for doing that thing at the, at the end of the day. It can be a, a, a little bit of a checklist. You know, have we communicated our values today? But actually turning that into reality, yes, starting from, as you say, from recruitment, getting the right people on board who are really in, in that, in the same, with the same ideas, with the same values based on this meaning and purpose that you have. That's where it starts to, to really translate into something, into something very powerful. I would also say on, on that point, I think, um, you know, one of the things we've done, particularly in the last year during the pandemic, is try and dial up our individual communication and speaking to people, understanding, doing lots of surveys every two or three months, how people are feeling. Um, all the line managers checking in with their, their, their reports every couple of weeks. And as an extended leadership team, you know, we have tried to have calls with every member of the company every sort of one or two months to just see how they are, see if they have anything they need. Um, be that kind of equipment for their, their home office or um, extra support or just understanding, you know, what's going on in their lives at that time and, and thinking about all of the people who work, you know, they are, they are 
individuals, they are humans that have lives outside of work. And that is um, perhaps a very trite thing to say, but in the context of the last year in pandemic, where we have all been kind of isolated, we have really tried to dial up our comms and our kind of collective uh, activities of like Zoom calls and where we're socials on Zoom, you know, trying to gauge the right kind of frequency and approach to that, to still have that sense of, you know, communication with each other beyond just work as well. I think, you know, a lot of us get on very well and have become very good friends. Um, and uh, through that kind of sense of, of meaning and purpose and that thing, that, that, you know, water cooler chat and getting to know people gets lost a bit when you're remote. Um, but we, we've tried as best as we can to, to dial that up in, in, in any way that we can in the last year. Yes, great, great. And, and there we come back to, I think, what you were, what you were talking about before is the importance of connection. And, uh, and then that so the connection with meaning and purpose, and also seeing people as as individuals. And as you say, during this last year, that's been uh, such an important a theme for, for many, for many leaders, I would say. And uh, finally, we're on to the final question already. Do you have a top tip to all leaders, Jonathan? Oh, um, I think, it would be around um, communication, and, and I mean that in kind of two ways, in terms of active listening and, and, and empathy for the people that you are, the team that you're leading, the individuals, like understanding their own context, what's going on in their lives, um, but also communication from being clear on what you expect of them and, and what, are, what the goals are and what, what, what we're all working towards as a, as a team and a collective team, including the leader of that team um, and I think that that is certainly one of the ways I've um, I've seen success and, and, and I have felt good when I've been a team with someone else leading as well I think that the communication is um, uh, and that empathy is, is really the most important thing for me. Thanks so much Jonathan um, I'm sure there will be listeners who wish to contact you what's the best way for them to do that? Feel free to contact me on LinkedIn or on Twitter uh, or an email. I'll put those links into the show notes. Uh, and so if anybody wants to contact Jonathan, just click on the show notes and you will find uh, a couple of links there where you can you can find him. Well, thank you so much, Jonathan. I'm always excited and happy to share best practice and showcase leaders who put people at the heart of their organisation because it's no accident. I, I'm really convinced of this, that the companies where people thrive and, and business thrives are those companies where people are at the centre of it. And that's clearly and um, what you're doing um, with the, in your work and also um, with Lightful. So thank you so much for sharing. You certainly are an inspiration. <laughs> thank you. That's very kind of you to say. Uh, and thank you for yeah, the opportunity to, uh, to answer such interesting questions and uh, speak to your listeners. So thank you very much for that opportunity. Well, thank you. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure. So just a, a quick bit of information about what I do. So leaders often come to me when they know that they can and want to do more and they want help to explore that and open up to new possibilities and maybe see the way forward clearly and then implement whatever is required. I take a very holistic approach that is highly structured with clear action points. I work with all types of global companies from luxury brands to education establishments to charitable foundations 
foundations in the UK. I work in the UK, the US, Switzerland, Belgium, France and Ireland at the moment, providing one-to-one coaching and group training. So thanks again to you, our listeners, for joining us. If you've enjoyed this podcast and you'd like to help us grow the podcast, please hop over to Apple Podcasts and rate, review, subscribe and share. If you're a senior leader who would like to accelerate their career and would like some additional support, do contact me. It's probably best via my website, which is bluebottlecoaching.com. For more details, go to today's show notes. This is Anne Collins. Thanks so much for joining us and for listening. And do join me again soon to meet another inspiring leader who loves what they do. Goodbye.